Welcome to the Aesthetics Mastery Podcast. I'm Dr. Tim Pierce. Hi, I'm Miranda Pierce. And today we're doing a deep dive on lips and lip techniques. They're a mildly controversial topic thanks to a couple of high profile social media doctors who've had a few things to say about that. And we're going to talk about the connection between techniques and results, some of the different techniques that people use for lips, the pros and cons of those, and how I go about designing a treatment plan. Hi Miranda, how are you? Hi, I'm good. So from my perspective, if I was a clinician and maybe I've had a bit of a, you know, I've, I've been using, I've been doing lips for a few months, maybe even years, and I am not, I don't feel like I'm getting the results I would like. And I see all over Instagram, everyone else winning with their lips and I'm starting to get frustrated and I'm thinking, right, I need to book on a course and I need to learn one of these techniques. What would you say to me? Well, firstly, not alone, because I hear that all the time. Um, I get almost a, particularly with, with clinicians I've mentored and been very close to, there, there, there are often days when they feel deeply frustrated because they go on Instagram and they see this result and then they go back to the thing that they just tried and they're like, why doesn't it look like that? I'm sure I've done everything exactly how I was taught and I'm not getting that result. And then they start to blame themselves and they like they look around for some other solution. Um, and it's, it's a really interesting dynamic. And I think many, many clinicians feel like that at some point. And yeah, it'd be useful to unpack it. So that's the first thing I'd say is you're not alone. And the, the second thing I'd say is let's have a look at how you're reaching this conclusion that there's some problem with your technique. Um, because you may have made a couple of assumptions along the way that aren't correct. Okay. So just getting right back to basics, what does make a beautiful lip so the the aesthetics of lips is quite complex and then it's also eroded by culture and fashion so there are there are elements i think that are timeless and there are elements that change with the wind um the timeless ones are what i call real beauty because it's it doesn't matter which where you are in the world and it doesn't matter when you look at someone's lips like in terms of timing and history you can spot beauty and then there are the, the elements that are just hugely different. And th that's where culture gets woven into it. And it's not necessarily right and wrong, but it's worth separating in your mind what is a cultural form of beauty and what is actual beautiful humans, you know, that it kind of, the kind of beauty that expresses a good genetic code as opposed to an awareness of trends. Okay. And what are these techniques that everyone's going on about and that are kind of making practitioners think that they're missing out if they don't know about them? Well, there, there are continuously new terms that get floated around um, that, that hint at some new technique that's going to take over. So, and some of them genuinely are new and some of them are just new ways of describing the same old thing. And it's worth trying to get to the bottom of that before you make an assessment. But I mean, the words, the one you hear about are, you know, there's things like the Russian lip technique. There's the there's flip lip, or um, I've heard a few times, there's lip pop. That's, these are both, I think, toxin related. And then there are Scarlett Johansson lips for a while. There's a hashtag for that that was a bit popular. There's Paris lips. There are four millimeter four, technique. the four millimeter technique. There's a 4.4 penetration, four point um, injection technique. Um, and all of these things, when they're first touted, are touted as the final answer. And that's part of the issue I have with it, which is I really don't believe in a final answer. Like it's, it's thankfully much more interesting than that. Okay. But how do you begin to decide which technique you use? So that's a good question. Um, 
I, I fear for people who who think that they, they decide based on the kudos of the person who's who's teaching them. So if you follow someone on social media who's got 100,000 followers and they, they say, this is my technique, that you think, oh, that must be because it's the best technique and you switch everything and then you're frustrated because you can't get the result that you're hoping for. So that would be a, um, a bad way of choosing your technique. And lots of people do it, particularly when you're new to the industry and you haven't quite figured out what's a mirage and what's real. Um, so... I would say the first step with before you employ any technique, well, the first thing I would do is I need to understand it from a first principles point of view. Like if you're saying this is better, exactly why? Like where is the filler going and how is it getting there in a way that's different to what I'm already doing in such a way that it actually benefits the result that I'm chasing? And if you, if there's not a good series of facts supporting the claim of how it why it looks better, then I would be dubious about whether it is actually better or whether it's just different. So tell me about, for example, let's say that I had a younger client cohort who liked these lips that kind of turn out slightly. And then you see, the one that I see mostly talks about is tenting. Could I just choose that as a technique? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if, if you, you can just choose a technique and, and do it, but what you'll find is you'll find yourself frustrated some of the time because the, the pictures that you're measuring yourself by are, are not a true reflection of reality. That's Why not, not? For many, many different reasons. For, for, for one thing, it can just be the quality of the presentation. There are lots of people who become extremely good at presenting their work. And, it's, and it makes the, the hidden claim is this is my technique that's generated this result. And it, anyone who's been injecting for a long time realizes this is, this is more your presentation style than it is your injection technique. And I think new injectors can't tell. They but, just but just stop, stop there because I I mean I would say about your clinical technique doing for example a, full, a whole face approach that is at the top end in the industry so there must be some it can't just be oh you're all right don't worry it's not you don't worry about it actually I think that we surely we are trying to raise the bar and push to have better technique or is it just experience. Or... Yeah, no, there's definitely room. You could, there are good injectors and bad injectors and, and, there, and there, there's an ability to move from one category to the other through practice. I mean, from good to bad. That, that's obviously a part of it. But there is there's something that's more powerful than, than many of the aesthetics, like particularly with lips, like presentation is everything. Everyone in the industry knows you put some lip balm on afterwards, it looks better. Like we all do it. What I think is very hard for our, for our brains to understand is is what percentage of that result where it's lit better you've got the light a bit closer and you've got a nice reflective lip and there's some swelling from the procedure and then you've got the untreated dry lips before what percentage of that result is down to injection technique because i what i see in clinicians is a deep frustration sometimes that they can't produce that result um and it's and it, there's only about 20 percent of what they're seeing is the injection technique with some of them like some of it's loads of makeup some of them they've got instagram filters on that makes it pretty hard. It's just like, it's just, it's almost like what's happening with real people, you know, with kind of these, these apps that distort people's faces and 16-year-old girls are going, oh, I'm the least pretty one in my class because look at all these people, look how stunning they are. And when I look at myself in the mirror, I don't look like that. And it's like, well, yes, that's because you haven't been processed. So there's, it's, the, it's that gap between reality and, um, and the result that, that we, that's worth talking about. And then once you've closed that off and realized that, that many of the cases you're looking at is about presentation. Go and work on your presentation by all means, but don't feel like an inferior injector because you haven't got exactly that amazing result that you're seeing. The, the other element is how many of those pictures never make it on? 
because we we all none of us put our worst work on to show off the reality we all naturally filter it's just like um it's just like with social media in general i, mean, I remember uh when our kids were young and you got that message from a friend saying you your life seems so great you seem to be managing really well with kids and i'm finding it really difficult and at that time we were finding it yeah. really really difficult but i happened to be good at photography took some nice pictures put them up smiling happy kids happy family completely hidden that underneath that was like this is really hard work and we yeah. haven't slept so it's exactly like that with these instagram pictures of results is if you compare yourself to the final presented result and and feel cross with yourself um then you're kind of punishing yourself over something that's not real anyway um that's not to say that you shouldn't i actually quite like it when clinicians are frustrated because it tells me they can see what they should be aiming for mm. um actually someone who's happy too quickly is not good either but at the same time i don't want you to be unhappy because you're chasing something that in reality you can't seem to generate by all means work on your photography skills and your presentation skills but don't don't feel like an inferior injector because i have i've had more than five conversations with people who kind of feel like they're never going to be good enough because of this and it's it's actually not to do with their technique so let's dig into the different techniques so that we can kind of think become more real for us what is what are the russian lips technique so the first thing about any of these things is many of them are blurred like when you actually try and get into what is it sometimes what it is is the result and it isn't so much about the injection technique um so i would say from from my little bit of research on it is the russian lip is about a hyper-defined vermilion border like really strong vermilion border um with a good kind of cupid's bow shape to it um they're usually done on people who have already got big lips and then they basically make them even bigger you'll never see the russian lip technique hashtag on someone who's got really thin technique really thin lips which is one way of of, of saying this is not really about the technique it's about the result and when you can achieve that result you take a picture of it you put it on and you say this is why this is the technique and then people go i want that technique because i want those lips and the ones that fail don't make it onto instagram now there is obviously a technique to it because there's a there's an aesthetic goal going on which will change the change the approach that you take so it's not necessarily saying that this is a there's no difference in the injection pattern there is a difference in the injection pattern but just don't it, it's all it's more about the, it's more defined by the result and what's happening is people are you're basically putting a lot in the in the vermilion border in the body of the lip it's they're probably all two mil treatments it's that kind of thing okay and just when you say aesthetics goal just define that a bit more for us um well the aesthetics goal is really what you're imagining it looking like at the end it's the absolute i think it's one of the key skills of aesthetics is to have a really clear vision of what you're aiming for um i really like that analogy of of the fact that a plane uh, when it sets off to fly to New York is off course from London for 97% of the trip and really the skill is in, is in adjusting and bringing yourself back on course and that's where the aesthetic goal matters if you're doing injection technique you don't have a goal how do you adjust as you're going because every single treatment in a way is a journey and things don't react exactly how you anticipate you need to make a little adjustment to get you back on course to get the result that you want that's very different to thinking I've got this perfect injection technique that I can execute as I've been taught and I'll get the same result every time because that obviously doesn't happen. Tell us about the four millimeter technique. So that's that's uh, quite a nice little, it's kind of a party trick really. You basically put dermal filler with a really short needle into the vermilion border and it can just flow up through the vermilion border and can reduce the number of injections that you need. Um, it's when really, you say short needle, do you mean it's been decanted? 
four millimeters. That's the four millimeter technique is the length of the needle that you use. And you can do the four millimeter technique with a normal needle. You just don't stick it in as deeply. Um, okay. It's, it's about getting it into the right plane, particularly with a low viscosity product so that you, the filler actually travels up the vermilion border, which by the way, doesn't work even for experts, even the best people at this. Sometimes it just doesn't flow the way you want it to. So, right. um, that just happens sometimes. Um, the pros and cons to it. Um, it's it's a great way of getting definition with minimum with minimal um, number of penetrations if it works well. Uh, there is a small risk that you like with anything. It, you can end up with more products close to the needle, and as you get further away, it gets less. So you can't just keep injecting. Sometimes you 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 know it's going to be a, 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 the spread won't be even. Um, the other thing, it's a, it's a minor thing that most people wouldn't notice, but I'm always struggling to keep the pink part of the pink white border the mini border i want that in the lips and i don't want it to spread into the white mm. and i think that technique goes right along the line of the lip and you get you always get a little bit of spread either side right i wouldn't say most people uh, notice it but when when i can see it it really bothers me so and you I, want crisp I, basically you're trying to get yeah, crisp I, yeah i prefer just being a little bit more inferior when you're talking about the top lip so that you're staying on the pink side of the pink white border and hopefully the apex, the little kicker on your vermilion border, peaks at the at the at the pink side and drops off rapidly into the white instead of having the white slightly slightly pushed out. Okay, and tenting. So t- tenting is this uh, almost going at ninety degrees angle to the vermilion border, and you cross the entire lip. There are subtle differences that you see between what I call minimal trauma lip te- lip tenting and quite dramatic lip tenting. And it's about the entry point um, into the lip. If you go straight through the white part of the lip, you're basically going very near probably the superior labial artery, and those ones tend to bleed a lot more. I think anyone, any of them can bleed. The, the real big downside, I think, for it, no matter what your technique, is you go in so many times. And if you do that every single time you inject, you know, every patient that you do, I mean, I think I counted on one, but you, you'll find it on YouTube, there's about 60 injections. So... If you can do the same procedure with four entry points and you can, I'm not saying exactly the same results, but you can do a lip augmentation with four and you can do one with 60. There's a, there's going to be a, something to weigh up there. If we put it that way, in terms of, in terms of how, whether you think this is a great technique or not. And I'm not saying maybe it does produce a slightly different, maybe even a better result, but you are paying a price for that, which is 60 instead of four. And then at the other, at the other point, there is also this idea that if you're not doing it, very well you might be going through the the artery and lots of people do this technique it's actually it's actually quite superior in the lip so you're actually going where the artery is and then if you're doing that those number of injections you're then in a different realm of bruising and you see that you see these in on forums of people who've had it, done a technique and they've got this black all the way around their mouth yeah um you can do a lip treatment without causing that result and i, I think despite how good the result might look there are a lot of people who will never want it again if they bruise that much. And is there a difference between the top and the bottom lip for tenting? I heard that there was a more of a risk of occlusion at the bottom lip. Um, I don't know what the the data shows more on the bottom. There is this variation in anatomy where 1% of people have a, a very anterior inferior labial artery, which is exactly where you inject. Um, so that could be part of it. I, I think we've... I don't think in our we haven't got haven't obviously hadn't had that many occlusions in our clinic, but I'd say I think we had one on the top and one on the bottom. I've had, no two on the bottom, one on the top. So that's not exactly a big a big study. So there, there is a no, but with regards to tenting, tenting. Um, I the argument with t- with tenting is if you're going at right angles to the artery, that pr- 
probably most of the time you're not going to be able to get into the uh, into the smaller vessels which are running parallel with you so many people who support tenting like the idea that if you're if you're doing the other injection techniques you tend to be parallel with the artery which means you're more likely to cannulate it right. which means maybe there's more chance of getting an occlusion which is a, a valid claim i think that makes sense um whether that offsets the and whether it's true i i don't know but it does make sense that the larger artery is more parallel when you're parallel with the artery and that might cause more occlusions so i, I don't know if it's more the trauma that that's for me is a clear a clear factor to consider with with the tenting technique the number of injections and the fact that you're basically going in so so often so many times it's it's a lot what about the four point lift so the the four point injection is is essentially i think it's a relatively old one but it's um it's basically a fanning technique, but they seem to be focusing mainly on the middle two-thirds of the lip, which does make sense aesthetically, but there's very little laterally because most needles aren't long enough to do that. So there's one entry point, and you basically go in, do the vermilion border, do the volume, um, and then do the same on the other side, but it's fanning. You're in and out, changing your angle slightly, changing your depth, starting off superficial to define the vermilion border, and then going deeper to create volume. And lip pop? Um, so that's that's a toxin-related thing. So you basically put a little bit of Botox in the orbicularis oculi, and the idea is that it changes particularly the shape of your bottom lip, top lip, I mean. Um, and sometimes I think it works and sometimes it doesn't. I don't think it's one of the... You don't see very many before and afters of it, let's put it that way. You see people talking about it. There are a few before and afters. The before and afters are often seem to be taken from lower down, so you're looking up at the lip in the after picture. And I'm not saying people are being deceptive. I think it's very... It's basically, it's, you, you catch yourself, tr you, I'm trying to capture the result. Yeah. So you're, you're trying to change your angle, like, can I capture it? And in that moment of trying to capture the result, you basically ch change a few variables that, that make the lip look bigger, like just dropping the angle of the picture is, or zooming in slightly, these sorts of things. Um, but if you think about how that might work, so I'm not saying it doesn't work at all, but I do think it's pretty subtle. You're just relaxing orbicularis oculi, or possibly in some people you might... And I've never never seen a picture that looked like this was happening, but it is one of the ways that toxin works is that you get an increase in resting tone in areas that haven't been treated. So perhaps if you're injecting higher up, and also lots of people do vary this technique, but if you're a bit higher up, maybe you get a little bit of increased resting tone low downs. So it's a bit like you're pouting. Mm. There might be a little bit of a pout element to it. Or the other way that could be working is if you've, if you've got a little bit of resting tension in your top lip and then you relax it, that relaxation of orbicularis oculi allows the lip to basically spread slightly. The, the, those are the principles by which I think it could work. Um, I don't think it's powerful. I think it's it's a bolt-on for many people, and it's cheaper than having a full syringe lip filler to put four units of Botox in. So if you were looking at my lips, how would you make the decision about which technique to use? Because I need mine doing. <laughs> um, so... The, the first step that I go through is I want to I want to develop a vision in my mind of what I'm aiming for. And that that's built around what are the components of beauty in the lip. There are actually several different ways of of trying to describe what beautiful is. So there's the the details I think are often the first thing that's overlooked. You can create a striking before and after image just giving someone bigger lips, but often what you lose is the detail. So you should have a philtrum and you should have a vermilion border. You should have some curves within the lip, so you should you should be able to see separate tubercles. You should be able to see changes of angle in the lower lip, the, the little junctions between different structures. Um, you should be able to see the geometry of the lip, so the projection from the side. You want to see the top lip slightly projecting outwards. Um, contrast is an interesting one. So you don't really notice until someone tells you, but 
losing contrast in your face is one of the signs of aging. If you think of a 90 year old, they tend to have, it's fairly similar color all the way along. Whereas if you look at children, they have really bright pink lips and pale skin. That's one of the components of beauty. And um, maybe the curvature of the lips and the, the, the contours, because um, one of the things that you also lose as you get older is, they, is what is a rounded, full, almost bulbous lip becomes flattened and rotated inwards. Um, and all of those things together, you can look at them in, in, the, in each component and then start to choose a strategy that will correct each one. Do I want to add a bit of bit more angles? Because that's a kind of voluptuous look. If you angles are, are a key part of looking voluptuous, I think. And it, a lip that looks like it's falling out of the mouth almost. Um, lower lip especially is, is more likely to look voluptuous than one that's just fat, like just big. So there are, there are things you might do in your technique that would specifically create that end goal. But it does start with the vision of what you're trying to create. And then you've got to look at what you're starting with. And then the rest is about how you use a technique to get you closer to where you want to go. How about gents? How about men? Uh, men are interesting because, well, firstly, it depends on what look they're going for. Because some men do actually want to be feminized. It's worth, it's worth just being conscious of that. Like, um, that's often why they're asking for it. Most men don't. But full lips are a feminine characteristic. If you create a strong feminine border and full tubercles, that is feminizing. Most men actually have smaller, flatter, squarer lips. And uh, many of the, the techniques you see described don't seem to correlate with that because mo I think mostly what we're doing, lip augmentation is fundamentally a female, a female thing. Like it is a secondary sexual ca characteristic for females. When you're um, basically when you're fertile, when you're ovulating, your lips change, they get brighter. You know, it's one of the subconscious signals. Um, it's sexual it's, and it's not that with men. So if you're, the reason we find lips beautiful is because they are a, a signal of, of, of sexual, uh, we use the word availability, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, um, <clears throat> it's, it's, a, it's a signal of I'm fertile, basically. Uh, and we don't think of it that way, just like we don't think of food as nutrition. You just think that looks nice. If you're talking about food, you'd say, well, that looks tasty. And it's, it's the same thing. So it doesn't make sense to me to give men big swollen full lips um, they are they are naturally smaller and shorter and squarer and and that if you're making a masculine lip it's usually restorative or you've got someone who's got no lip and they just want some but what we're not usually doing and except for cases where you think it is about feminizing we're not really trying to make them curva curvaceous okay and in regards to the anatomy what are the key kind of factors that we should take into account when we're choosing a lip technique yeah, so choosing the lip technique starts, um, well, it's those two factors. You first need to know where you're going. What is your aesthetic goal? And the next thing is, what is the interaction between the anatomy and my product that's likely to get me that to that aesthetic goal? And the anatomy is, this is your own mental model of how a lip works. Like if I, if I asked you to make a paper airplane out of paper, you, would, you understand enough about the principles of paper to choose a technique that will likely make that you, you know, for example, that it folds and you know how much pressure to put on it. That's the kind of material awareness that you develop through experience, but also through understanding some principles of it. So the principles with a lip would be, I think of lips as a, there's basically an envelope involved. So you have, you have, you have an, a, the lip envelope has the dermis on the outside and the mucosa on the inside and they, they fold round and they meet at the bottom. And inside that is a little space. We really need a diagram to go with this. Um, you have orbicularis oculi muscle that, that filters the, most of what you see in the lip, but in the final part that is pink, there's very little muscle. Um, 
then you have the, the structures that define the lips, so the vermilion border and the philtrum. And you're trying to place product within those structures in such a way that the visual change matches what you're trying to get to. And that's, that, that needs to make some sense in terms of the product. So I'll give you one example of how that changes. If you place product right in the middle of the lip envelope, so you're in the submucosa, you're not in, you're not in, the, uh, in the thicker, harder part of the skin that forms the boundary, then you're going to add volume and it's going to be very hard for that to cause any rotating force but if you're more superficial and i think this is basically how tenting works if you're more super well good tenting because there's people who do it different ways but if you're superficial with a soft product perhaps getting in that more superficial layer is more likely to exert an upward rotation of the lip but it's that kind of thinking of what's actually how is this product relating to the anatomy and, and the material that i'm working with and causing the aesthetic change that i want because without that story, you're, it's like a black box theory. I don't know if you're aware of that as a concept, but you know we don't understand how computers work. We push a button and we see something on the screen and we think we know how it works, but when it breaks, you suddenly realize you have no idea what's going on in there. It's a black box. And people, a lot of people have that idea with, their, with, with injection technique, which is I do this technique and I get this result and they're not actually entirely sure what's happening underneath mm. the skin. There's not very vivid for them. And that makes it hard when it doesn't work because you're like, I did everything right and I didn't get the result. So you need to start to develop this, at least some working models, because we don't know everything about how it works under the skin, but start to develop some reasoning behind the technique. And that makes you much more resilient to believing rubbish, basically, because you, you, you're, you, you keep honing this mental model as you get different stories and you talk to different trainers and you do different courses. If the good injectors hone that and they get better and better and they understand more and more levels and the truth is somewhere hidden amongst all the different stories everyone tells you um, and but it becomes more resilient to nonsense. If you ditch everything you've ever learned and start to do the new latest technique because it's you saw on Instagram, um, you're lining yourself up for a bit of frustration basically. Okay, fair. That was a really good run through. It kind of really helped me because from my perspective on Instagram and you hear about this and hear about that and it's incredibly hard to not have the fear of missing out and thinking, well, I'm not, you know, I'm not in that camp and, and therefore I'm not achieving the results. So it's really, really good to have it exploded out. What's your favorite technique? So I, I do like, I actually quite like it when my first approach fails and then i have to dig deeper i always think that's that's an interesting moment and i, I know a lot of people hate that it's like the worst the worst thing that can happen but it's almost like i want this to work i'll do what i think will work and then it fails and then i have to think harder i quite like that approach of like now i have to i'm gonna have to go into my toolbox and choose another tool and that's basically what all these techniques are i think it's a really important concept to realize techniques don't equal results they are the tools it's like paintbrushes don't equal paintings yeah you just use them to make paintings so you've got to um I like any technique that gets me out of that predicament and then I, I kind of, it almost goes into the instinctual part of your brain that in this circumstance I have to use a different technique because I remember the pain of failure, trying something different, it worked and then I'm away and it works. So um, that's that's key. I mean, I've used all of them at different points. Um, you know, I might use, I don't tend to do a full lip tenting technique because I think I think it makes sense when you've really got full lips. Like, unless all the lip tenting techniques, just to go back to that one, it's always people with full lips. You never see someone lip tenting on little narrow lips because it's really this small gap. So they've already got great lips and then you add some volume and they swell and they, they look better. But they um, do look more out though, which is a nice look. 
Yeah, yeah. So I might use that. That's it's the rotation element that I like. I think lip tenting, if it's going to fit anywhere in its own space, it's the ability to rotate the lip okay. out. So, so therefore, it becomes one of my tools when I'm desperately trying to rotate the lip out and I don't want to have to charge the client for another mill. Um, then that would make sense. I'm gonna I'm gonna put this as superficially as possible in in the direction where the force of the filler will be, if anything, pushing out and up. And that's probably my best chance with this amount of product to, to get the lip to do what I want. But the key message for me is I'm, I'm taking it specifically for a specific goal for a specific client and using it based on the first principles rather than just doing it on everyone. Are there any take homes you'd like people to realize? Um, I think the, the most important thing is to develop that visual goal of what you're aiming for. And, but then start to be a little bit judgmental almost on on whether on who you attempt to 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 get that result on because it's very disappointing if you have a visual goal and and you're not you're not grounding it with what's possible so each each lip is it's a bit like a a balloon like you can't you can't expand it beyond a certain limit you can't just create anything from any lip so there's there's that experience of of trying to see what you've got in front of you and and trying to pick specific characteristics that can actually improve beauty. So I would say like with small volume techniques, it's often it's often around the detail. So I, I need a good vermilion border. I need a couple of tubercles that are a little bit fuller. And, and I know that the middle two thirds of the lip is where most of the beauty happens in terms of female lips. So I need to spend my product wisely to create those shapes and curvatures um, in that part of the lip. You develop a vision for that particular person and then inject accordingly and people talk about how many different techniques there are i mean if you if you actually look down at think of the number of different angles and positions you can enter in fact i did it even with a simple technique we've got i got 3587 variations or something like that so it's almost endless and that's only with one set which we teach on our initial course um, so you've got enough injection variations to do all, all sorts of things, but it's about learning the how to choose specifically according to the outcome. This is actually something which is which we cover specifically in our courses. Are you aiming for restoration, detail, augmentation, curvature, volume? And each each inject, there's an, a set of injection menus that you can literally choose, and each one of those injections should be achieving one of those aesthetic outcomes. And that becomes quite instinctual over time. You start to feel, I know what I need to do. And, and that's the goal of being great with lips is that you you can immediately see that your you can almost your technique almost comes to the fore of your mind and it's different for each person because you you can see what you're what you've got and what you're aiming for and you kind of get a, a you get clear on what's likely to work the other thing is that you can change tack along the way so you can try not go so well try a different technique and then get better that ability not to hang on to your original idea yeah. and to change is quite useful so how would you recommend what's a great kind of route into training for someone who's perhaps a new complete newbie with lips but they've done some foundation fillers um well uh, what do you mean route into training as in so would you what's... well i mean for example with us we have if you've done your foundation fillers on your foundation course then you can go we would recommend going straight to the lip and cheek course and then that's like a essentially a foundation yeah, Lip so that th that actually covers you. There's there's enough to get by for years on that. Then the next stage is so you need to go away and do some treatments. Yeah, get some good results. Most people love doing lips when they first leave. It's one of their favorite treatments because virtually everyone looks better with a bit of, a bit of volume. Um, and then you'll you'll reach that point where like there's probably more tips and tricks I can learn and bolt on and extra things I can talk to my clients with more concepts to throw in. 
that might help me get even better results. And then you can just go and start learning different the, the different result techniques, all of which we teach on our advanced course. The but, Lip Masterclass course. Yeah, so the Lip Masterclass course covers each of these techniques. But my big message is don't, it's, it's a, you've got to go, don't think that you're going to learn a solution by going to learn one technique. The technique, you're, you're gathering tools, but really your, your foundation skill is your ability to imagine what's possible and then create a link between what people have got and what, and what you're trying to create using the array of tools. So it's almost like a mental flexibility to say, I've got endless techniques. I don't just use the Russian technique for all my clients. I'm continuously um, using different different techniques and I know why I'm doing that. That's mm. the key thing. I'm, I'm really keen that people develop that mental model of what's actually happening so that it actually... So, so that they can fend off nonsense is one of the reasons and also so that they feel confident when they're doing it because they they know how it works they can see the connection logically then they'll apply it in practice and then get the result hopefully or learn something so it's a bit like the difference between paint by numbers and first principles learning yes so there's a there's a there's a way of looking like you knowing what you're doing by executing exactly what you've been told whereas as soon as someone probes you it all falls apart because you haven't got any reasoning behind it and it's actually something that you learn in the early days of training someone will ask you to justify something and if you haven't got an answer you suddenly realize you don't even know yourself why you're doing it i know lots of people who've tried training will will resonate with that because in the early days that's what it feels like so you have to develop you have to make it often the thing works you just don't know why you have to start to work on that and i've basically been doing that for years you develop a much more sophisticated model of why things work and then you use that model to make decisions when you're actually doing a treatment because you, you, you're applying it. Like, I have a theory that works like this. If it doesn't work, there's something wrong with something else because I really rely on that theory. So I need to use it. I was wrong about my assumption about the structure, so I need to use a different technique. And that fends off you believing in nonsense and feeling lost at sea when you someone teaches you a new technique and says, oh, that one's old, we don't do that anymore. And you're like, well, you might say that, but if you understand the detail of how it works, you'll be like, that's a timeless principle. It doesn't matter that we used to do it three years ago. And now people are talking about something else that will always work because I understand the principles of how it works. And it stops you basically giving up old wisdom um, and, and just taking the next new thing, which may not work. Okay. Fab. So, yeah, we have a lip masterclass on the 17th of December. If you are interested, that's our next one. Um, you can email info at skinvivatraining.com. And then we have lots of the lip and cheek courses, which is like our foundation lip course as well. So, and we also have Lip Masters, your amazing e learning, which of course you need to have done some face to face lip training first before you get that. But it's like an amazing Bible to take away with you. That's great. I hope that was helpful. Once again, we'd love to hear your comments. If you have any questions on this, then um, you can inbox us. You can comment on the podcast. Um, reviews are also wonderful. We have been getting some reviews. Really appreciate that. Um, but yeah, let, let us know what you think. If there's anything you'd like to know more about, get in touch and we'll make another podcast on it. Thank you very much for listening. Thanks, guys.